Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. How how many want to grow in your relationship with God? I think that's a pretty obvious. You're here this morning. you, You fought off the rain. And you're here because you recognize you want God to do something in you, because unless and until he does something in you, you can't expect that he's going to be able to do what he wants to do through you to impact the world. So um, I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. I, I think quite often it's not that we don't know what to do sometimes. It's just that we don't have the discipline to do it sometimes. It's not a matter of not knowing. It's a matter of implementing sometimes that limits us stepping into the next season that God has for us. So I, I want to talk to us today about living your life, your spiritual life on purpose. I mean, like really waking up every day and living this thing on purpose, because I think it just every now and then takes something or someone to come along into your life and, and be somewhat of of a catalyst, if you will, that just kind of prompts something and spurs something and I, I want to encourage you because that life is actually closer than you think it is. The life that you have thought, I know there's more to this thing. I know there's more to this God thing, this Christianity thing, this spiritual thing. You've had this gnawing sense in you, and you're exactly right. There's more waiting for you, and you're closer to it than you might even believe. So if, if you're going to become this spiritual leader at home, uh, in your work, at school, it's, um, it's going to require what, what I think the two words that we're going to focus on today. It's going to require intentionality and consistency. Okay, so we're going to be intentional and we're going to be consistent, okay? And uh, I, I understand, you know, it's hard because the, the rub comes where we feel God moving us into a space. We, we know that he's got us in our work, school, whatever environment on purpose, and we want to lead people. The rub comes in is we have to lead ourselves before we can lead anyone else. And so the challenge of leading yourself every day has got to be intentional and consistent. I love this quote from Stephen Covey. It'll be on the screen for you. Here's the quote. It says, if we keep doing what we've been doing, we'll keep getting what we've been getting. So in order to get something different, you've got to change what you've been doing and you've got to be intentional and consistent with that because a lot of us have high hopes and low habits. We, we, have, we have high hopes. We're not intentional and consistent with, with the habits that we have, but our hopes are really high. And the disconnect between our hopes and our habits is the gap where we end up living and the life that we're living ends up being frustrating because we're experiencing what our habits produce rather than what our hopes are, okay? So this is actually central to Jesus' teachings, this idea of change and growth. I mean, even from the very beginning of Jesus' Ministry. So Jesus shows up on the scene. He comes walking along the shoreline. He convinces his cousin to baptize him. He's then prompted by the Spirit to go into the wilderness 40 days. He's fasting, praying. He comes immediately out of this season of prayer and fasting. In Matthew chapter 4, here's what it says about Jesus coming out of that season. From that time on, so literally from the, the moment he comes out of the wilderness, his ministry is starting, Jesus began to preach. Here's the word he would lead with, and it's a word we don't really like. Repent. 
Okay, now, that word's gotten a bad rap in the church. Uh, so let me just, repentance is not a, a super spiritual holy person talking to a sinner, telling them how bad they're doing in their life. Okay, that's not, that's not repentance. Re repentance is actually, if you look at the original word in, in the original language, it's the word metanoe. And it means this, it means to change your mind. But Jesus comes along, think of it, he comes along and goes, hey, you're going to have to start changing the way you're thinking. Because if you change the way you're thinking, you'll actually change the way you're living. You'll turn and you'll walk in a new direction. This is what Jesus was always calling people to. He was calling people to a different way of, of living and thinking. So repentance first takes place in your mind. It's, it's first a decision, and then the decision results in the action. And Jesus was always coming alongside people, and he was challenging the way they were thinking, and he was calling them to something higher. He did this for his entire ministry life. He's calling them to a new way of, of living so that they could change their, their direction. He says, repent because the kingdom of heaven. So let me say this. Um, you change the way you think when you get a new king. And unless and until you make him the king, you won't change the way you're living, the way you're thinking. Repentance requires getting a new king. And he says, the kingdom is here. It's closer than you think. And you say, Devin, what does this have to do with me becoming a better leader of my spiritual life? It has everything to do with you becoming a leader of your spiritual life. And, and you're going to understand this morning that I've got to lead myself first before God gives me the opportunity to make an impact and lead others. If you're with me, say amen right there. Okay. All right. I love this quote from, from Viktor Frankl. Watch it. Look at this quote here. He says this. You guys have that quote that I gave you? I'll read it to you. It says this. When we're no longer able to change ourselves, here's this, we're challenged to change, we're not, when, when we're no longer able to change our situation, I'm sorry, we're challenged then to change ourselves. See, we keep looking at the situation and we keep getting mad at the situation and you're no longer able to change the situation and God is saying the situation will change when you change because your perspective changes about the situation you've been complaining about. And we're talking about how do I change myself so that I can lead some other people. We're going to have to be intentional and consistent. So let's start Proverbs 29. I think you have this verse here. And we're going to understand what it means to actually lead ourselves. Uh, Proverbs 29 verse 18 says this. Where there is no vision, no revelation of God and his word. So let me just say, until you get a revelation of God and his word, you won't have vision. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Okay, unless you have a revelation of God, unless you have a revelation of his word, unless you're rooted in his word, you won't have a vision. And that's why if you don't have a vision, you live an unrestrained life, it says. Um, so let me say it a different way. People with no vision have no restraint. Okay, let me I'll just give you an example. Because... The vision is actually what drives the restraint that you self-impose upon your life. So let's say if the vision is to get debt-free, how many would like to be debt, just completely debt-free? I mean, I, some of you like your payments, I, I guess. Okay, <laughs> How many would like to be completely debt-free? I'd like to be debt-free. Okay. Um, if that's the vision, the vision is what demands the restraint. So if the vision is to get debt-free, the restraint is i got to stop swiping. 
I know that's not the restraint we want. But if, you, if the stated vision is, I want to get debt free, then you have some self-imposed restraint. Let's say the vision is to lose 10-ish pounds. That's the vision. The vision is what drives the restraint. So if the vision is to lose the weight, the restraint is I got to go, no, you can't eat that right now. Okay, are you following me right now? Because people with no vision live unrestrained lives. So if you have no vision, it's a free-for-all. I do whatever I want, but I'm frustrated by the life I'm living. I just don't have the restraint. I have high hopes and low habits. People with vision have restraint. The vision drives the restraint. And I would submit to you today that people with vision, they live this intentionally and consistently. So the vision is to be a leader, to grow spiritually. And, and I, I have the, the honor, obviously, just an honor to spend time with your pastors, to spend time with several pastors throughout the year. And they've invited me into this really sacred space of coaching, mentoring, walking alongside. And so I thought today, um, I only have one, one time with, I may never be invited back here again. So I have one shot with y'all. <laughs> and I thought today, that I would pretend as if I, I got an hour with you to coach you and to mentor you. And so when you're in the coaching mentoring mode, you, you, just you don't have a lot of time. You've got to cut to the chase, and you just got to say it how it is. Okay, because I don't have a lot of time, and my, it's raining. I don't know if my flight's going to be on time today, if it's going to be delayed. I don't have a lot of time. So I, I, I'm going to say it to you as if I were saying it to the, I would never say it to you this way, but I would say it to the person that I was mentoring, Okay. So I'm not going to say it to you. I'm going to it's a hypothetical, okay? Because <laughs> um, if you wanted to grow, because you said you wanted to grow spiritually, we would talk specifically about some areas of your life that needed to be intentionally and consistently like restrained because you have a vision in your life. I want to grow in my influence, Devin. I want to grow in my capacity and my ability to reach others. We would talk about, I, I'm, I've narrowed them down to four areas. Uh, there could be 20. But if we sat down and we had an hour, we would talk about these four areas of your life to see what you were being intentional and consistent with. And you'd see movement in your growth spiritually if you started to focus and have some restraint in your life. The first thing we would talk about, we would talk about your values. You, we I would ask you the question, what are your values? I, I, would, I would have you ask yourself the question, what are my values? Because the vision for your life gets lived out in your commitment to your values. Now, um, I, I look at these as like pillars of my life. I build my life on these things. And these personal values that I'm intentionally, consistently implementing on a daily basis. Second uh, Peter chapter 1 says this. For this very reason, make, come on, say these three words out loud with me. Make every, okay, be intentional and consistent. Make every effort to supplement your faith. So, you're, you're on this faith journey, and you need some, some addendums, some supplements. It's like the supplements you took this morning so that you have a little bit of v, B in you and C in you and D in you. You took some supplements. It's adding to an already existing faith. So you need to supplement your faith with virtues, which bring to your life excellence and integrity, the Bible says. 
So there are some things that we could intentionally, consistently be living out that would actually add to our faith and bring a level of excellence and integrity. It goes on to say in verse 8 of the same chapter, it says this, the more you do that, the more you will, here's what we all want to do, grow strong spiritually. That's what we said we wanted to do, but you got to add to your faith some virtues, some values, and you will become, watch this, fruitful and useful to the Lord Jesus Christ, which was why I would ask you the question, what are your values? What are you living out every day that you're adding to your already existing faith? What are the foundational characteristics of your life? What virtues are the, the building blocks of your life? Young person, please listen to me. I promise you, if you don't define them, the world is happy to define them for you. And if you don't have clarity on that, you will listen to the voices around you and you'll end up building your life on the wrong virtues. And they need to be rooted in, grounded in the word of God. And if you allow the world to define what's important to you, what's acceptable to you, you won't end up living the life that you know you could be living. You won't make an impact on your campus this year because you'll have settled and you have let someone else dictate to you the virtues of your life when it comes to being a spiritual leader in your home, husband, father. What God-honoring biblical truths, virtues are driving the vision for your home? Again, vision results in restraint. Okay? Well, let me ask this. Do you have a vision for your home? What is that vision? That vision should be dictating the restraint you self-impose upon your life. Because without vision, you live unrestrained. With vision, you take on some restraint. I think sometimes we look at some families and we go, well, man, they got lucky. Look at their kids. They just got blessed. Whew. Actually, no. Because great homes, great marriages, great kids don't just happen. They're created. They're developed. There's a vision that requires some restraint on how we lead this home what are the values for your home? Could, could your kids tell, tell me what the values are for your home? I mean, because if you don't know them, they certainly don't. I mean, it could be, maybe you have some homework today that you could go home and go, what are the values that are driving the vision for this house? Proverbs, 20, Proverbs 24 says, by wisdom, a house is built. Through understanding, it's established. Blessed homes, blessed marriages, blessed relationships don't just happen. They are created. They are maintained. They are intentionally, consistently driven by the vision. If I were to ask you, what's the vision for your house, for your home? What are the values that you're building your home upon? You don't have to use mine, but I, I give you these to give you an idea of what, what drives the way I think every day. My values, here, here's just my values real quick. Every day, my core values. Again, they don't have to be yours. I just wake up every day. I, I just wake up every day. Psalm 51 says it's a broken and a contrite spirit that God's attracted to. Which is why I just wake up every day and I go, Lord, keep me in a posture of humility. Keep me pure. Keep me humble. You know what happens when I live that way? I, became, I become uh, honest and honoring and everything flows from this place of just this posture of humility. And then I transition from there to God, you've been so good to me. I mean, I, I mean, I recognize Devin without you is a mess. And I, I'm just like one step away from stupid. Anyone else like just like. 
And I just every day I go, Lord, I, I need you. I'm so grateful for you. And out of that, I just go, so now help me to just live this incredibly generous life because those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed, the Bible says. And so now I want to live that life. And it just leads me then to go, okay, when I have that moment today where I know it's divine, it's not coincidental, it's providential, I want you to give me the courage to step into that space and respond to the moment that you're allowing me to have. And if I do that every day, I mean, these are my values every day. God, keep me humble. Oh, I'm so grateful. Oh, let me just be generous, not just generous with my finances, with the life I live, with my words, with my time, with my encouragement. I just, could we be just generous and step into the spaces that he calls us to respond to? If I just, if I get those right every day, can I just tell you, intentionally and consistently pursue, here's your homework, go home today and ask yourself, what are the values that I need to be implementing in my life every day? It's important. We would talk, if I had an hour with you, I'd go, hey, what are the virtues that you're adding to your faith that are driving the way you live your life? What's the vision? And maybe go, I got that, Devin. Uh, here's the next thing we would talk about. Um, the next thing we would talk about would be your time. Your time. Um, and, and I love this verse out of Romans chapter 13. Long, long passage, but read along with me. It says this, but make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day obligations, that you lose track of the time. You doze off, oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. L- listen, be up and awake, everybody. Do what, to God, what God is doing. He's doing something. Be aware of it. God's putting the finishing touches on the salvation. He started something, but he's got more that he wants to do in you. But you got to wake up. Be aware of the time that he's given you. Goes on to say, next slide. We can't afford to, look, waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence and sleeping around and dissipation and big. How much of our time is just spent in that space right there? Bickering, grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed. You're here. Praise God you're here. Yet don't loiter and linger, waiting till the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. Here's, let me just, don't waste your time. I would ask you, what are you doing with your time? It's time to get intentional and consistent with how you manage your time to live your life on purpose. When it comes to your time, I, if, if we were able to grab some coffee together, I would be amiss if I didn't talk about how you're spending the minutes of your life. Here's the other thing I'd want to know. I would want to know who you're spending your time with. Like, Because you need to be intentional and consistent with who you're spending time with. Like, are they people that encourage you to grow? Are they people that, that speak truth in your life? Or do they pray for you? Are they honest with you? Do they, do they hold you accountable? Here, here's what I know. You show me who you're listening to, and I will show you who you are becoming. Every day of the week. I would want to know, hey, who are you hanging out with? Who are you listening to? Your spiritual growth, your ability to grow in that space is dictated by who you're hanging out with. But when it comes to your time, you know the other thing we talk, we would talk about your schedule. Like your daily schedule. I would sit with you and I'd go, hey, break down the day for me. What's, what's a normal day in your life? look like 
I just, I think quite frankly, we're trying to get too much done. And we're not being intentional and consistent with the things that need to get done. I, I mean, I'll say it a different way. We're trying to grab too much of life in a short amount of time. We say yes to the wrong things, which prohibits us from saying yes to the right things. And if I could be, I, I wouldn't say it to you, but I would say it to the person that I was mentoring. I wouldn't say it to you. You're Like, we're trying to burn the candle at both ends, and we're not very bright. That's kind of funny if you think about it. But I mean, it's just... <laughs> It's not working. We're exhausted. We're drained. We're giving our leftovers to the people that are closest to us. And we just are trying to grab everything. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, look what it says. Better one handful with tranquility, with peace, than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Now, you have two hands, and for most of you, that's become the reason why you have been trying to grab too much of something. But can I, I wouldn't say it to you this way, but I would say to the person that I was mentoring, uh, you have an unrealistic perspective of what your capacity is. You, I, I wouldn't say it to you, but I'd tell them, your capacity isn't as high as you think it is. Because every time you fill your life to the brim, you have no margin in your life. Can I just, a, a life with no margin is not your best life. Are you just, are you late to every meeting? Let's just get where the rubber meets the road, because I'm trying to mentor you a little bit this morning. Are you late to every meeting? Or is everyone always waiting on you? That you don't know how to schedule your time? And you're like, well, she's just always been that way. Well, I had a pastor once tell me that if you're late to every meeting, you just communicated that whatever you were doing was more important than that person, and you were arrogant enough to think they would just wait on you. I'm trying to mentor someone today. Not you, I'm trying to mentor someone today. But that's how it's, if I had an hour with somebody and we started to press in on the intentional, consistent things of your life, I would start to press into the, how you're spending your, your time. Uh, so it's, it's not that you don't need to prioritize your schedule. You need to schedule your priorities. And you, get, you need to start pressing into saying, are, am I scheduling what's really important? Because uh, I don't know if you're like me, if it's not on my that little device that we say are smartphones that are making us probably more dumb than we are. If that's not if it's not on there, I, it doesn't happen in my life. Are you scheduling the things that are actually the priorities of your life? And you're thinking, well, it, when I have time, it'll just happen. Probably not. Uh, Henry Nouwen, he writes this, this, this quote, discipline means to prevent everything in your life from being filled up. That's discipline. Discipline means that somewhere you're not occupied and certainly not preoccupied. In the spiritual life, because we're talking about growing spiritually, discipline means to create some space, some breathing room in which something can happen that you hadn't planned or counted on. It's margin in your life. And if you are trying to grab everything all at once, you're grabbing the things that aren't necessarily the most important, but they just seem to be the urgent thing right then. Jeremiah 6 tells us you're standing at a crossroads says and you need to start doing some of the ancient paths let me say it this way slow down slow down you know what our world has told us our told us our world has told us that busyness makes you important and sometimes busyness is just a distraction from dealing with who you really are 
And you need to do some ancient. I mean, let me give you some ancient paths. Hey, disconnect. You don't have to be on it 24-7. How long can you go without looking at that phone? I'm trying to help you and mentor you. Right? Some of us should stop posting and start praying. I, I hear, some of us would rather post about needing prayer than actually praying. And we need to do some, like, start praying. Get off the screen time and have some scripture time. Here's the way I say it. you got to get to God before the distractions get to you. And now, how do I do that, Devin? You've got to be intentional and consistent. We would talk about your values. We would talk about your time. Here's the third thing we would talk about really quickly. We would talk about what I call your intake. Your intake. Um, by that, I mean we need to start looking at how we're regulating what we're taking in through our eyes, ears, and mouth. Because the truth is, we all need a filter on all three of those things. Um, because whatever you're taking in dictates the rest of your life, good or bad. I mean, if I were sitting with you and having a conversation, you've got to lead yourself first, friend. And so I, I would... You know, th and this may be the ancient way, but I would ask you, hey, wh what music are you listening to? I, I would ask you, what are you binge watching? I, I would ask you, what, do, what are you clicking on? I mean, I, I would ask you, what are you putting in your body? I would, I would press into that space because it's a lot of it is just us getting it back in order. And I realize, I, listen, you're new to faith. You're still kicking the tires on this thing. We're all at different spaces and places in our relationship with God. I get that. But what all of us need to understand, what we all need to grapple with is this. How much of the secular, non-God stuff am I going to be taking into my life? That's a, now you could think, that's pretty heavy. I know. But you said you wanted to grow spiritually. And if you want to grow spiritually, how much of the non-God stuff am I going to be taking into my ears, my eyes, my mouth? If you want to grow, if you want to be a leader in your home at school, at your workplace, to which some of you would go, yeah, but we got grace. God loves me. It doesn't bother. I can do those things and it doesn't bother me, to which I would say that's the problem. It doesn't bother you. Like, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. First Corinthians chapter 10, look, so I'll go to, say, Devin, stop talking. I'll go to the Bible. Someone may say, I'm allowed to do it. Technically, you can. But not everything is getting you to the life you actually want. Not everything is beneficial. I'm allowed to do anything, but not anything actually gets you to grow. We're talking about growing in your life. And I'm just saying, I would ask you, hey, what of the non-God stuff are you getting in your life? We have to be intentional and consistent. Some of you, you need to put some filters on what you're searching. Some of you need an accountability partner. Some, some of you need to tell someone your secret. What you can't talk about owns you. And you need to bring someone in your life. That means some of you need to cut back on some things. They've gotten out of alignment. You just need to ask yourself, is this beneficial? Is this encouraging growth in my life? Some of you need to cancel the subscription today. So like you're watching some things that just aren't benefiting your walk with God. It's the Philippians 4.8 test. 
It's like one thing, brothers and sisters, he says, fix your thoughts on what is, here's the list, throw it through this filter, true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise when you're on the site, when you're watching the thing. Throw it through this filter because we're wanting to get to the place that God actually can entrust us with the more that he has for us. You say, Devin, that sounds pretty, ooh, man, I know. I'm trying to help you grow. And I know that you can't get to where you want to get to with the habits that you currently have. I would, I would meddle in that area a little bit. Sorry, I would. And like David, we need to pray this prayer that he prays in Psalm 141. Lord, don't let me drift. Don't let me drift towards the things that are just a distraction from what God really wants to do in my life. And so here, here's what I like. What has the Holy Spirit been saying to you already? What has he been like putting his finger on that you've been trying to ignore? What's the thing that he's been speaking to you already? Let's start there. What, hey, why not today? Why not today step into the space of growing into the leader God wants you to be? You've got to lead yourself first. And the vision drives the restraint. And then finally, really quickly, if I had time to sit down with you, Devin, I want to grow. I want to become more. I would talk about your values. I'd talk about how you're spending your time and your schedule and your intentionality and consistency there. And I'd, I would talk about the intake of your life. And finally, I would talk about your disciplines. Your disciplines. I want to grow spiritually. I, I would tell you that you're only going to grow in alignment with the daily disciplines of your life. I would tell you that the gap between your habits and your hopes is made up by your disciplines. Hey, look right here. You're not a product of your circumstances. You are a product of your disciplines. We want to blame the circumstance and the situation, but we want to live undisciplined lives. You're a product of your disciplines, friend. Love this quote. Love this quote. If you were to access the secret lives of legitimately successful people, you would find a world of boring routines because good habits create a good life. You're not a product of your circumstances. You're a product of your disciplines. Solomon, the, the wisest person to ever live, he said it this way in Proverbs 20. Look what he says. He, I mean, he's mentoring you right here. Listen to him. If you're too lazy to plow... Stop expecting the harvest. I mean, Devin, I, I don't have really any disciplines, and I don't really know what my values are, and a time is just kind of whatever comes that day, and I'd watch and listen to whatever I want to, and I keep expecting a harvest, but I'm not intentional and consistent with the things of my life that are actually driving the product of what I'm becoming. You know, you know why people don't have daily disciplines? Most people. It's because they don't fully understand that what they're planting today actually grows into something tomorrow. Like, they get frustrated by what's coming out of their life, but they keep planting the thing that goes against the thing they actually want. And I sit with people all the time like, how do I get that? 
I want that. And I go, bro, like every day, every day, every day, every day. I sat with a young person last week and was like, yeah, I did that a few weeks ago. And I said, no, like every day, every day, every day. You don't have to do it all day, but you need to do it every day. Every day, just make the commitment. My values are going to drive me. Every day, I'm going to be intentional and consistent with how I spend my time. And every day, I'm going to be considerate of what I'm taking into my mind, into my, my thoughts, and into my body. And every day, I'm going to have some disciplines. You have to have some disciplines. You don't have to make them yours. Here are my daily disciplines every day. Every day, every day. Every day. Every day. I'm going to spend some time with God in prayer. Every day. Every day, I'm going to study God's, it may be one verse, but I'm going to study God's word every day. Every day. Every day. Oh, God, you've been so good to me. Every day. Every day. Every day, I'm going to love those closest to me. I make the choice. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to be consistent. Every day, the people that I love the most, that love me the most, are going to know their love. And every day, every day, I'm going to make sure that I added value to someone else's life outside of mine every day. And I just get to the end of every day and I say, Devin, did you spend real time with God? Was it more than just a transaction? Did, did you engage in his word? Did you, did you love those closest to you? Did you reflect on his goodness? And every day I just go, whose life is better because it intersected with mine today? And if you'll do that, listen, we had a conversation. I'd say, hey, what are your values? How are you spending your time? What are you taking in? What are your disciplines? Last verse of the day, Psalm 90, really quickly, watch this. David says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to, let me say it this way, be intentional and consistent. Hey, you're going to spend it. You're going to spend it. Will you spend it intentionally and consistently. Quote from Jim Rohn. He says this, one of the best places to start turning your life around is by doing whatever keeps appearing on your mental I should list. And every one of us have an I should list that the Holy Spirit's been putting his finger on. As I've been talking to you this morning, the Holy Spirit's been pointing that out to you. And I just want to pray for you really quickly. God, we have things in our lives that we're letting you put your finger on today. I should call that person. I, I should start serving. I should start reading your word. I should start praying with my kids. I should get in a life group. I should start tithing. I, I should start exercising. I should start putting some intentional, consistent restraint in my life so that I could accomplish the vision that you have for me. And God, we commit to that. Come on, all across this place. If that's your prayer, just lift your hands right there. And say, God, we commit that to you today. You have every part of us, not just part of me. You have all of me today. And we know that if we do that, we will produce the life that's in alignment with our hopes. And we commit to that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray all of these things. And everybody said, come on and give God praise right there. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.